dietitian. And I'm Tara, a journalist. We're mums of little ones and we're also sisters. New Mums Nutrition is a podcast that helps you optimize your nutrition and thrive in this season of life. Hello, today we are talking about mental health and nutrition. And now just before we get into it, I do want to warn you that today we are going to be discussing postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety, and a few other mental health issues. And if you are someone who's struggling, there are plenty of great resources and support networks you can reach out to. We've got them linked in the show notes and we'll tell you specific organizations. But the reason we are doing this episode so early on in the podcast series is because Postnatal depression and postnatal anxiety affect so many of us and there's so many mental health issues that are brought up just by having a baby. In fact, one in seven new mums will get postnatal depression. And so I'm really interested to hear from you, Lana. What is the impact that food can have on depression and mental health? It has a huge impact and we've seen recently in the last five years in particular, some really significant research papers, which we'll talk about today, come out about the role that food plays. Because we always thought of it as, is it a chicken or an egg thing? Is is it the fact that we're eating unwell that's having an impact on depressive symptoms? Or is it the fact that you know we're feeling depressed and feeling down and the lack of motivation and all the symptoms that are associated with it that's influencing what we're eating. And so we didn't know for a while, or there was research to suggest that there was a link, but we didn't know, can we use food when someone already has depression to have an impact? And so today we're we're going to all be talking particularly about postpartum depression, because like you said, it affects so many women uh, and men too. And so that's really important. Yeah, I think the statistics are one in 10 males will struggle with postnatal depression. Yeah, and so food is one piece of the puzzle. It's not everything. It's not going to prevent anything or cure anything. But if we can reduce the risk or modify your depressive symptoms by using food, well, that's one tool in the toolkit. And I really want to make sure that people know that there is uh, that food does play a really powerful role in this space. So what is the link? What role does food play? What role does it have? Well, in our brains, our brains are made up of these chemicals uh, that transmit signals and we can call them neurotransmitters. And one in particular, uh, one fancy neurotransmitter is BDNF. You don't need to know, know about that, but that in particular, but we have these neurotransmitters and they're really important for signaling around our brain and sending messages. When we get an increase in inflammation in our brains, that has an impact on the levels of this neurotransmitter. When we see lower levels of this neurotransmitter, BDNF, we see an increase in depressive symptoms and in people who have depression. And so food can play a role in reducing the inflammation that goes on. And if we can have a bit more of a handle on the inflammation that then affects this neurotransmitter, that means that we can have a flow on effect to improve depressive symptoms. Given that we can have some sort of impact through what we're eating, if we, if we are struggling with mental health issues, is that because we have a bad diet? Definitely not. Food doesn't cause you to have postpartum depression. I want to make that really clear. 
food is a tool that we can use to help improve even uh, or reduce your depressive symptoms but mental health is complex it's not just one thing it's not just food there are so many changes that happen and then there's the genetic component actually we have good evidence that there's genetic components to these things so you should never and and no one the research doesn't support that food has caused it but we can use food to improve it or to reduce your risk of developing postpartum depression yes but your food doesn't cause you to have it i think that's really reassuring to hear that i think sometimes when people are struggling it's easy to hear it's it's easy to assume that this must be in some way your fault and especially there is mum guilt up to your eyeballs when you have a new baby and it's very good to hear that there are no studies that imply that we cause this ourselves sometimes we're wanting to point the finger at something or other people are wanting to point the finger at something and actually and actually you can't so yeah, so there's not, nothing that's particularly caused it. And sometimes it's easier for us to point the finger at something. But in reality, where if you're in this situation, the most useful thing is knowing, well, what can I do next? Um, speaking of what we can do next, how can we actually make good food choices? And how can we start to tweak our diet in order to improve our symptoms when we actually don't have any energy or motivation? That's why I really want to talk to you about this particular study that was done with people who had had clinical depression. And this is a very famous study done uh, by Felice... Oh, is that her name? Yes, sorry. Done by Felice Jacker. It's called the SMILES trial, which I think is a very fitting name. But... It basically took people who had clinical depression and for 12 weeks modified the way they were eating. Then they compared that with another group who also got the same sort of contact and support services during those 12 weeks. Because if you're regularly seeing, say, a dietitian even to chat about food and to make sure you're sort of eating what they were trying to study, you're receiving some social support in that as well. And so they compared it with another group and they receive the social support, but not any dietary changes. And so the people who had their, their dietary changes saw a significant improvement in how they felt and a re- reduction of their depressive symptoms in as little as 12 weeks, which like is, that's phenomenal that we can show that in the research. And 12 weeks is the longest, shortest time in the lifespan of a baby, isn't it? And so you might be wondering, well, what food did they eat? What did they actually do? And so this diet was, it's a modified Mediterranean diet. It was based on some key food groups, in particular, whole grains, vegetables, fruits, legumes. So legumes are like chickpeas, lentils, kidney beans, nuts, fish, some lean red meat, some chicken, low fat dairy, eggs, quite a bit of olive oil, particularly extra virgin olive oil. Those were the key foods that they got the people to focus on and to include in their diet. And with that, they saw these changes. How do we actually make those changes if we've got depression and we're struggling? How do we make those changes? Well, it could be about being really intentional about 
making sure you're including oily fish in your diet every week to make sure you're getting a good dose of omega-3s because we know that's really important from other research studies as well. Maybe you're having some eggs. Maybe if you just boil some eggs up during, you know, six at a time and then store them in the fridge, they'll, they'll last for at least five days in the fridge. Having a handful of nuts every day, like breaking it down to really simple things, not feeling like you have to cook up a storm because even if you don't have postpartum depression, that's challenging at the beginning. And so those are some easy ways to try and include that or even drizzling some olive oil in whether it's a salad or some veggies or the meat that you're cooking. That's a really easy way to get some of those things in. And so it sounds like if we are really struggling and we don't have the motivation to, or even the decision-making power with a lack of sleep and depression and anxiety, we can start really small and even a really small effort like buying a tin of tuna and eating that or ordering grilled fish on Uber Eats can make a difference. That's right. And even something as simple as a small handful of nuts, which is technically like in the research, we look at 30 grams of of nuts or that could be like 20 almonds, 10 walnuts. You know, that's really simple that you could just do every single day. You don't have to count them out. And so one of the other key things that I really want to talk about is supplementation, because when we looked at the research, someone's omega, your maternal stores of omega-3 dropped by up to 50% during pregnancy because your baby needs it to help grow, but they don't return. The research was showing that it didn't return to your pre-pregnancy levels until six months postpartum and so we know that lower rates of omega-3 are correlated with higher amounts of depression and postpartum depression so if you're someone who doesn't really like fish or struggles to consistently get your two to three serves of fish in a week of oily fish and so that might be fish like sardines salmon mackerel or tuna that's when it's really important to consider getting uh, a supplement. And there are lots of different types. And so you want to get one that's specifically tailored to, to you because they'll have different ratios of omega-3 in it. The research shows that people who went on omega-3 supplements had and had their, their, their own stores increased had lower rates of depression. So especially if you're someone who's high risk, of developing this or you've had it in the past before actually is might be worthwhile considering some omega-3 supplements as well that's something we can then take to our health professionals personally and investigate further but now that we know that we should keep an eye on our omega-3s and also look at our diet as a whole and ask ourselves well am i getting a good balance of whole grains fruits vegetables legumes nuts fish low-fat dairy and all the other things you mentioned mm. that actually can help us help us feel empowered to be able to make some good choices even really small ones that can help us take those small steps towards having a positive impact on our mental health with food but once again food is only a tool it's not a cure and so it's just one part of a 
of a support system and a treatment system. And I think what I'm noticing again and again is if you're someone who's listening to this and you're pregnant or if you have pregnant friends, actually sharing this with them so that you can prepare for your postpartum period. So you, when you actually do have a bit more of the headspace and uh, we shouldn't think that mental health issues don't affect pregnant women as well. And so uh, wherever you are at, preparing for your postpartum journey is really important. And so what you might do is you might prepare actually mixed nut, mixed fruit and nut bags for yourself that's pre-portioned so that then you can just pick it up or pre-prepare like some smoothies that go in the like um, ingredients that all go in the uh, bag into the freezer so you can just pull it out using your pregnancy period to prepare for your postpartum will serve you well well i think that's all we've got time for this episode hopefully there is something that has been helpful to you or as you look around and you see other mums or if you know of other mums who are struggling hopefully this helps you know how you can get alongside them and support them practically through food as well and if you have any other thoughts or any experiences that you want to share as well we would love to hear your stories Uh, you can jump onto Facebook and join our community there. We've got a Facebook group called New Mums Nutrition. So jump on and search for that and come and join us and join the conversation. New Mums Nutrition is a podcast by Lana Hearth, an accredited practicing dietitian with a special interest in postpartum and interpartum nutrition. And Tara Singh, I'm a journalist. Thank you for joining us this episode. Now remember that New Mums Nutrition does not replace individual medical advice. It's general in nature. So be sure to listen to the advice of your medical team and the support team around you. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know. Please give us a subscribe and a review wherever you get your podcasts from. And it would be lovely to see you in our Facebook community too. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye for now.